Welcome back to the Psychic Jam. Today's topic is imposter syndrome. You are listening to the Psychic Jam, a podcast that inspires holisticpreneurs like you to gain confidence, to learn, and to listen to your inner voice. Tune in as featured experts of the Psychic Associates discuss heavy and taboo topics, breaking down all the barriers of the realities of working in this industry. Welcome back to the Psychic Jam. I am so excited today because we're talking about a subject that really tripped me up in the beginning of my journey as a psychic medium, and that is imposter syndrome. I'm Liz Throp, and I'm joined today with my co-hosts, Miss Jay Lane and Amber Price. And, you know, as a psychic medium, it, it has been a struggle for me specifically, and I, I can't wait to hear what, what you two have to say about this topic. But for me, the struggle has always been around, you know, am I making this up? Or can I be this accurate all the time? You know, are people actually just being friendly and saying, yeah, you know, you nailed it? Uh, these are things that I questioned for so long in the beginning of my journey. And I know um, just from talking to the multiple, multiple uh, psychic mediums that I have come to know and love, they both, they all as well suffered with the same challenges and that they weren't sure if this is who they were. They struggled with, you know, even titling themselves as a psychic or a medium. So I'm going to go to you first, Amber. What's mm -hmm. your thoughts on this? Did this happen to you too? Absolutely. It happened to me from when I could remember being in grade school. Like if I was doing a presentation or if I, um, yeah, if I researched for a project or if I did a dance recital or whatever, like I remember experiencing what I know now to be imposter syndrome and feeling like I wasn't I didn't know everything I could know. Here's my struggle with imposter syndrome. And and it's also a struggle with being a claircognizant type of psychic because I claircognizant means you process things through knowing or thought. And one of the occupational hazards of being a claircognizant is that you want to know everything about everything and research and and have that, you know, diploma and degree and education and certification because your your mind also wants to be able to know it has all of the references and resources. So so I kind of had like a little extra thing going on there, the little layer of I know what I know, but I don't know why I know what I know. And I also feel like if I'm going to learn something or do something, then I need to be doing it to a level of perfectionism. And that's what a lot of people will experience with imposter syndrome is this need to have everything done perfectly or we do nothing at all. But the struggle with needing to know all this information and feed your brain so that you can be aware and have this higher knowledge is there is another thing called analysis paralysis, right? We flood our minds with all of this information and we can get it at our fingertips. When I was in grade school, I had to go to the library and take out a book and read a book and then decide if I wanted to go get another book today my children and myself and, and us we all just have to pick up our phone or log on to a computer or turn on the tv or the radio there is so much information the information highway of 
stuff coming at us all of the time. So what I experienced as a young psychic growing up and being an imposter syndrome state is nothing as to what everybody else is going to experience as they're coming up now, whether you're 40 and you're trying to start out to become a psychic medium or work in the holistic industry at all in any capacity, or whether you're a child coming in and trying to learn anything. The fact that we have so much information at our fingertips and not all of it is reliable and not all of it is some of it's even spam where you're getting hooked into doing something that, you know, you don't you don't want to do or that is criminal in actions. Right. So you have to kind of understand and have that level of awareness, too, of where are you getting your reputable information from? Who is someone that is experienced or knowledgeable to be able to support you in your growth system? Um, and the other part of my imposter syndrome experience was I didn't want to know what anybody else was doing. I didn't. I didn't want to be part of a community when I was first starting, not because I didn't want to be part of a community because that was my goal down the road, but I needed to know who Amber Price was first. So the confusion of being involved in a community where everybody has an opinion and everybody has something to say about something, or you see someone else doing it in one way and you're like, well, that's not how I do it. Um, and myself, for certain, I did things a lot differently than other people did. And it was very evident when my clients started saying like, whoa, like this is crazy. You're doing it this way. Like I've never had it done this way or I don't understand what this means. And that's why I did a lot of education in my sessions. And that helped me combat my my imposter syndrome, because not only was I reinforcing my own knowledge by teaching them, but I was also now expanding their knowledge so that they could understand. So they weren't stuck in those opinions or belief systems that maybe weren't accurate because it isn't one size fits all in this industry. It doesn't matter what you do in any industry, really. But in this one in particular, we can't be judged against one another. And I think the imposter syndrome in itself in this industry specifically could be dealt with a lot better if we did this education to let people know that each one of us has a different gift or ability and how you process it and what you bring to the table is also important. So it kind of helps with that imposter syndrome in a sense. Um, when I'm doing coaching and working with clients, they're also dealing with imposter syndrome. I've, I've overcome that in my world. I feel like I'm in a space where it doesn't matter what I'm doing. I could be doing something brand new now and trying it. And I'm going to look at it as, wow, I tried something new. I'm going to ask the questions and I'm proud of myself for being brave and having the courage to do it. And I think that comes with the spiritual ascension. Like when you feel confident enough to know that you don't know everything. This is the point. The, the imposter syndrome is about us thinking we need to know everything. We need to be perfection. We need to have all of this information at our at our fingertips. You, you get over that. Like I got over that way long ago. Like I've been doing this work for over a decade. And I think it only took me a few months to get past that imposter syndrome where I, because I knew from my spiritual messages that were coming in, from my own guides in the universe, that this isn't the way it's supposed to be. Are you gonna drive yourself nuts every day and make yourself a stress ball? Or are you gonna show up and do what you're here to do? Cause you only got one shot. So are you gonna do it or not? And I was like, oh hell, I don't wanna do this again. So let's just do this right the first time and <laughs> see right according to my level of awareness and my purpose here on this earth. So, so I decided to go expansive. So when I'm working with my coaching clients, I say this, do you want to have to learn and do this again in a different life or at a different time or, you know, at a different job, whatever it is, 
Or do you want to give it your best shot and see what happens? Because what's the worst case scenario? You give it your best shot and it's not good enough? Yep, that's probably a fear, but who cares? It's not good enough to who? And then we start understanding, is it not really good enough to you or are you fearful of it not being good enough to someone else? Because yes, you do want to make other people happy, but there's also a very dangerous line in living for somebody else. And that's what this imposter syndrome does. You you think you're living a different life, but you're also trying to live that different life for someone else in a sense, right? So being expansive and not keeping yourself small, like be brave, be big, go be bold, go big or go home is my saying, like just try it and see what happens. Um, and I think just, I know you're going to say this is opposite to what you said, but when you're, when you identify you are experiencing imposter syndrome and you are already in a state where you have that awareness and you know what you want, you know, your goals and intentions, then I'm going to suggest having support. So getting involved in a community or getting a mentor or a coach that is able to support you as you do that expansion and ascension of yourself, because really when you don't know you have it is the most like critical point in, in your journey. Once you're aware, you think this is what's going on or someone makes you aware that's what's going on, you're able to kind of get out of it a little bit more. Be expansive, shed your light, and really, really, that will help you work through your fear of visibility and your fear of failure, and sometimes it's fear of success. So in my opinion, like in my own experience, that's what my opinion is about imposter syndrome, and I'd love to hear what you think, Jay, or how you did this. Oh, you know what? I, I absolutely love the fact that you just ch- touched on success as well. So I'm gonna <laughs> touch on that too. But imposter really is 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 a person who pretends to be someone else is always what I thought, or to deceive someone, you know. And the minute your ego comes into play you'll start to feel that imposter syndrome. So you'll do a great reading for someone, but right away they say, you know, that was a great reading, but my friend thinks you're fake. Right away, the ego goes, oh my God, she thinks I'm deceiving her. You know what I mean? And then you start thinking that. But, you know, I was lucky because I grew up with a mother who was psychic. My mother had her practice, as I've mentioned before, in the 60s all the way through to the 80s. So I was very used to my mother being called, you know, Psychic Beatrice and me being called Psycho Betty. And the thing is, the kids can be cruel, but I got used to it. It's got a little bit of tough skin, but I refused to go into that industry because of that. I was too afraid to get picked on. What if people think I'm nuts? What if people think I'm trying to deceive them? them or I'm lying to them because the thing is my intention is not to do that I'm not here to deceive anyone I'm here to enlighten people and to help people with what I'm sensing but the thing is not everybody's of that opinion so my mother taught me very early that what people think of you is none of your business so I was always like that but you know it's funny because when I first started my mediumship business I grew very quickly And I was very lucky to have had management who dealt with very famous mediums. And I started getting these dreams. And I started having dreams on a regular basis that I would show up to all of my events late. Or I would show up to my events not dressed, like properly. You know, maybe a pair of ripped up jeans and a t-shirt. Or I would always show up, you know, unprepared. Or, you know, that my microphone wasn't working. So I spoke to a good friend of mine who's a dream expert, and she says, Jay, I know exactly what's wrong with you. 
I said, why? She goes, you don't feel like you deserve the success. And I said, I don't understand that. She goes, that's why you're not showing up in your dreams. And it's a psychological thing that we do to ourselves. Sometimes we don't show up in real life too, because all of these fears are going to weigh on us. And then we come in front of a crowd and we think, oh my God, they're going to think this, or they're going to think that. So I really had to center myself and think, you know what? People are here to see me. They're here to hear what I have to say. They're here to be enlightened and to take this information and to grow from it or to have closure or whatever the case may be. And that's kind of how I got over my imposter syndrome because I am so afraid to hurt somebody with what I say. So I'm very, very careful as to what I say in sessions. I even record my sessions because I make sure that I'm always on, you know what I'm saying? And the things are not always going to be right with our information, but it doesn't mean that you're a fake or deceiving someone. You may feel something when you're doing a session with someone and it just doesn't happen. Does it make you an imposter? No, it could be that you got your wires crossed. It could be that you're feeling the energy of the person that was sitting beside them. There's a hundred million reasons to go into that. So the thing is, Amber, when you said that you deal with that with students, we do deal with that with our students because our mm -hmm. students are always say, well, I'm feeling like this. Does that mean this? Yes, it mm -hmm. means that you're receiving information. But what if that's not that? What if it's just my imagination and yeah, I'm just making that up, but you're not making that up. <clears throat> you know, if you're feeling that and you're getting that, that's what you're getting. You need to express that. You need to tell that person what you're sensing. And so they may not be able to relate right away. And that's another thing. People start to say no during their session. No, no. And then you start to doubt yourself. You start to say no. <laughs> yep. You know, I'm sure you guys have had that, right? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. But the as soon as they start saying no too, right, Jay, they're like it, they're they're blocking the energy. They are. They're not understanding what this process is about clearly. Yes. And then they're blocking your energy. So all of a sudden a wall goes up and then you're just yeah, the connection. Oh, yeah, that can or mess it up. For sure. say, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Amber, that's so true. And or if someone will say, well, look, I'm a real big skeptic. I don't believe in anything you're going to say right now. Yeah. But I'm going to sit here and you're going to do a reading for me for an hour. And I'm yeah. okay with that. I'm not here to jump through hoops for anybody. But I tell the person you need to be open minded. And you need to just not resist what I'm going to tell you. Because I already know that you're going to resist it. Mm -hmm. So I prepare them. Sometimes I'll tell a person, then you're not ready for a reading and you're not ready to receive because I'm just going to sit here and feel like I'm trying to convince you of something. And why the heck would I do that? Why would I want to convince you? I just tell you what I'm getting. I'm not trying to convince you of anything. You have to take that information to decide what you're going to do with it. So to prepare yourself before a session, because you're walking into sessions all day long, not knowing who you're going to have. You might have a suicide. The first one, someone wants to commit suicide. The next one just wants to hear from their dad. That's it. The third one just wants a card reading. Don't tell me anything else. So the thing is, you're dealing with different types of egos, different types of feelings, different types of people all day long. So you have to really get yourself in check and say, okay, what people think of me is none of my business. I'm just here to enlighten you. I'm here to tell you what I hear, see, sense, and smell. You need to do with what you need to do with that information in order to make you feel better. But that's kind of how I broach it. Now, when I go out on stage, 
my friend who's a very um, well-known singer told me, Jay, they're there to see you. As I've mentioned before, but you really have to pound that in, ladies, because the thing is, if you don't, your ego will get the best of you. And then the fear sets in and then nothing's coming out. Nothing's coming out. So I get really excited. I do my happy dance before I get on stage. I raise the vibration. I go out there with a mission and that's to really help people you know heal from what it is that that they're carrying their burdens but that's my take on it and Liz I could see you just light up right there but I'm gonna ask you your turn here like just do you do you have kind of the same issues around oh God. 100% yeah. yes yes yes, yes. Um, both of you um totally. And, and I know that there are people listening to this podcast right now, ladies, and they're going, yes, that's totally me. <laughs> that is like so many. I can guarantee you people are doing that right now. So for those people, when you have, you know, the whole imposter syndrome feeling, I love what you shared, Jay, about, you know, just get out there and push yourself, you know, step into that, you know, they are here to see you. One of the ways I kind of helped myself overcome the imposter syndrome, guys, was that I recognize that it's not me giving the message. For a long time, I thought it was me giving the message. I thought it was Liz Throp. I'm the girl giving the message. And it never was me. I'm speaking on behalf of other spirit you know, your spirit team, my spirit team, God, you name it, I'm speaking on their behalf. So I I got to that awareness that, you know what, it's not even me. I just and so when people when people thank me, I, I'm like, no, don't thank me, thank your team. They're the ones that brought the message to you, right? So um, I, I also want to remind everybody that we're going to have those days where, you know, people are going to have those no's. Those no's are so when people say no, no, that doesn't make any sense to me. You need to stick to your convictions. You know, like Jay had said, you know, we're, we're not making this up. It's coming from another source. So stick with it and, and roll with it. One of the things I've discovered around the whole no phenomena is that if you pursue it, if you pursue it and, and ask the questions of your spirit team, that you will get to the answer that they need to hear. And they'll be like, oh, I never even thought of it like that. So I, I tend to, you know, I'm not a fan of asking questions during readings, but I have allowed myself that opportunity to do that so that I can get to the answer that makes sense to them with that, with whatever they had said a hard no to. So it's just a little tip if you are struggling in that, in that area. I also want to talk about, you know, we, we look to our idols, you know, so I, I have some specific idols. So Jackie Dennison, I watched her on Rescue Mediums and um, Alison Dubois from the show Medium back in the day. When I watched those women and I came into the field as a psychic medium, I could not see myself on the same level as them. I just couldn't do it. I was like, how can, how can I call myself a psychic? I really struggled around just even naming myself that. And it was my, it was my clients that, that named me that I was like, no, I'm just a really good guesser, <laughs> you know, like don't know. <laughs> so ridiculous. When I think back now, right. <laughs> but, but when I look to them and I, and also Sylvia Brown was a, a huge influence on me. And I think, you know, when we have that hang up, and we allow the ego to say, no, you're just, you're just not as good as them. You're just not. 
you need to really question, you know, what you're hearing from the people you're working with. I found all the time, whenever I would get really low on myself, um, and, and sometimes wanted to walk away from this industry altogether, right? I don't know if that ever happened to you guys, but I was at that point where I was like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. Like I'm, this is too overwhelming. I can't, like, I need to just go back to the easy Liz, you know, the Liz that just can go and do a nine to five and, and just at like, it's my day is over after that. Um, but what would inevitably happen, and this is, you're going to find this will happen for you as well, is an earth angel will come along. And they will just reach out to you out of the blue and they will tell you how epic you are and how you change their life. This happens every single time I think about quitting. <laughs> I get like it inundated with those kind of earth angel messages. And it's like, it's always like, I know my spirit team's chatting with me right now. So expect that to happen. Don't give up. We need more shiny people like you on the planet, spreading your love and intention and you know, just stay strong. You are who you are. Own it. And when you own it, you grow from it. All right, folks, thanks so much for joining us today. Does anybody else have anything they want to share before we end this? That was awesome. All right, girls. Thank you so much for joining us again. And uh, we'll, we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to The Psychic Jam. Please share if you liked our podcast. For more information on our services, or if you'd like to be listed on our directory, please visit thepsychicassociates.com.